This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Eliza Harvey. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 1st of March. In your Squiz today, the flood disaster swamps towns in Queensland and New South Wales. Dire warnings in the new UN climate change report. Spending was up in January. And big shaggy dogs are back. This is your Squiz today. When we talked about it yesterday, the flood situation in southeast Queensland and northern New South Wales was set to get worse, and that's exactly what's happened as floodwaters built across yesterday and overnight. Wherever you look across the region, there are stories of loss and heroism. And Claire, let's start in northern New South Wales, where 400 people are missing or need to be rescued in the city of Lismore. Yeah, Lismore was quite an extraordinary sight yesterday. Uh, What happened was emergency services and citizens with boats spent a good part of the day retrieving people, uh, including from roofs across the city. Uh, There are about 30,000 people in that part of New South Wales who are under evacuation orders or warnings. Uh, What we know is that Lismore had an incredible amount of rain over Sunday to Monday. Some numbers have just started coming through on that uh, just north of Lismore. Uh, The second highest daily rainfall total total on record was recorded with 775 millimetres in the day. So that was an incredible amount of rain. Uh, Also, the Wilsons River has reached a historic peak of 14.4 metres. The previous highest flood on record was 12 and a half metres. So yeah, it's a really big one there. Lismore is not the only town in trouble. Also, Mwoolumba, Mullumbimby and Grafton are flooding. And more bad weather is expected in the region today, Claire. And then up to Queensland, the sun finally broke through yesterday, revealing the extent of the flood damage. Yeah, they finally had a cease of the rain there. Uh, That was really welcomed. But as you say, the flood is going to continue to be a problem. Uh, There's another high tide there in Brisbane this morning. So authorities are really wondering how high that's going to get. It probably won't reach the peak that it reached yesterday morning, which was 3 0.85 metres. Uh, they were anticipating four metres. So that was also some welcome news. Uh, what they're looking out for in the coming days is releases of water from that Wyvernhoe Dam that we talked about yesterday. That, of course, is the really big water catchment just north of Brisbane. Uh, they're going to have to release some water. And what that means is that many of those homes in the low-lying areas there are going to remain underwater. Uh, when you look across Queensland, not just in Brisbane, but north to Gympie and also to the Gold Coast. There's an estimated 20,000 homes that have been affected by floodwaters. And Brisbane's Mayor Adrian Schrinner said that the break in the rain has been a welcome relief, but they're not out of the woods yet for all those reasons that you just outlined. There'll be a lot more to come on this unfolding disaster across the week. Speaking of floods, Claire, the latest assessment on climate change from experts at the UN is out, and it's not good news. It's found, quotes, potentially irreversible damage is being done to the earth, and there's not much time left to turn things around. Yeah, they say the issue isn't just preventing uh, rising temperatures. Of course, we talked a lot last year about what the United Nations and other researchers were saying about global warming uh, and trying to really limit that to one and a half to two degrees. 
degrees centigrade. Uh, what they say in this latest report is that it's also about the mitigation of extreme weather events, and that includes fires, floods uh, and drought, and of course what that means to people with illness and poverty and all sorts of things. What they say is that there's a probability that if things continue the way they are, uh, about 40% of the world's population is highly vulnerable, uh, but they say that there is a very small window for action and this is really set to be a rocket to those world leaders to do more, more quickly. And this report picks up from where last year's Climate Change Summit in Glasgow left off. There's lots of specifics in the report about Australia and how we're travelling compared to our neighbours and you can find a link to it in your episode notes if you want to read more. Negotiators from Russia and Ukraine have met in neighbouring Belarus for talks aimed at brokering peace. Ukraine's demands are clear, they want a ceasefire, but Russia hasn't declared its hand yet and clear fighting escalated overnight in Ukraine. Yeah, it did. The second largest city of Kharkiv uh, has sustained very heavy bombing overnight. Uh, What they say is that that has targeted residential districts uh, and Ukrainian officials say that they expect that dozens of civilians have died in that attack. So far, Kiev, which is the capital, uh, has been held by Ukrainians and that has been a surprise. Uh, what analysts say is that Russia is now stepping things up after failing to make the sort of decisive early gains that they believe Russian President Vladimir Putin would have wanted. And the sanctions from the West are starting to bite in Russia, which has now doubled its interest rate to 20% in a bid to stop the slump in the ruble, its local currency. And right now, President Putin maintains he has the resources to ride out the sanctions. The Omicron wave of COVID that appeared in December last year put many people across the country into a shadow lockdown. But the latest data from the Bureau of Stats, Claire, show that Australians still hit the shops in January, with retail sales up 1.8%. Yeah, and that was the second highest monthly gain on record. Uh, The highest one on record was from last November at the end of that lockdown boom after New South Wales and Victoria and so many other parts of Australia came out of that Delta wave. Uh, So when you look at January, we really were shopping. Uh, It wasn't in the cafes and restaurants and for takeaway food. Uh, And that's, of course, if you remember all the way back to January, uh, that was because a lot of those places were closed as they found it difficult to find staff. Uh, We also weren't going to clothing and footwear stores, uh, but we were buying food at the supermarket, so it seems like we were staying at home uh, and cooking up a storm uh, and also buying things like cosmetics and toys. And there was quite a bit of shopping also done at department stores as they went on sale. Uh, So, yeah, a lot of money still going through the economy and that certainly is good news for those people who are trying to get things back on track after COVID. That's right, Claire. The data shows the recovery is patchy. Good to know that we weren't the only ones at home cooking in our well-worn trackies, Claire. (laughs) Yeah, my hand's definitely up for that. 
A bit of a change of pace now. I'm not sure if you remember the big shaggy English sheepdog from the Dulux paint ads back in the day, Claire. But a couple of years ago, there were fears that they could become extinct in the UK as numbers of the new puppies dropped. But the shaggy dogs are now back in demand and that's thanks to the pandemic. Yeah, and when you look at what happened pre-pandemic, of course, uh, many more people were heading into smaller homes, were heading into the cities and downsizing uh, English sheepdogs aren't necessarily great pets for that kind of situation. Uh, But when you hit COVID, uh, more people moving out to the country. And what analysts say is that that's seen English sheepdog numbers really soar. Uh, They take a fair bit of work. They're not just the cute white fluffy dogs on the ad. (laughs) To keep them in that kind of condition takes a whole lot of time. That's right. They're beautiful, but they take about four hours of grooming and brushing minimum each week. So perhaps not for the time poor. Squiz the day, Claire. What's on today that we should know about? Uh, The Reserve Bank is holding its monthly meeting ahead of an announcement on interest rates uh, at 2.30 later today. So yeah, for economic watchers, it's one of those days. And for me, I'm glued to the TV from those pics from northern New South Wales and Queensland. We're thinking of you if you live in that region. That's all from us this morning. But before we go, we're keen to check in with Squizzes about how we're going. Claire, they say feedback is a gift. They really do. And when it's feedback from Squizzes, it really is a gift. It's not like at work where you're getting your performance review. We do actually really appreciate it. So, yeah, if you wouldn't mind, we'd really like you to fill in the survey. Uh, It won't take that long. It is quite detailed. But, look, we're looking to grow. We're looking to do more. And your feedback is really essential to that. It really is. So I'll pop a link to that quick survey in the episode notes. And there's a $200 Dan Murphy's gift voucher up for grabs if you complete the survey so there's your added incentive and thanks for your time this morning we'll be back tomorrow we talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach But NordVPN can help protect you online, kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more, more and get a great discount, visit nordvpn.com forward slash squiz today.